Hallelujah. Well, are you glad to be in the house of God today? Amen. Let's give him praise because he deserves it all. Father, we just thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. There's no one like you, Jesus. Everybody said amen. You know, and my sister said she knew me before Jesus. You know, it's wonderful to celebrate a birthday knowing Jesus. I remember the ones when I didn't. And uh, I'm so thankful for that gift. That was the greatest gift that I could ever receive was Jesus being the Lord of my life. So today we're going to make our confession. We're talking about hope this month. And uh, I believe God has a word for you today. I believe there's a lot of people in our world today that are hopeless. Um, I believe with the things in our nation, people are um, disappointed, hopeless. But we cannot, as believers, get on that track or on that train. We have to keep our focus on the truth of the Word of God. And I want to share with you today that I believe God's going to do something if you'll open your heart and listen, because He wants to change where you're seated today. Now, we're not going to do a game where everybody changes seats. But in our heart, we're going to change positions so that we can live in hope all the time. Not just on Sunday morning when we come get excited and, uh, and we, we see other people and we're excited. And then we go out there and there aren't so many excited people. We remain excited. Amen. Let's say this. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Turn to your neighbor and say, he lives in you. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you've said yes, then he's there with you. Uh, just a little review. This series came about as a word I felt the Lord gave me, up, up, and away. And uh, I thought it was interesting. How many of you have ever seen the movie Up? Years ago, it was, well, last Sunday night, we, last Sunday we started this series, and on Sunday night, it was on television. My sister called me, said, you will not believe it, up is on. And, uh, you know, to me, it was just God saying, we're going up. Everybody say, going up. And, uh, you know, in that movie, you know, that man was very discouraged because his house was going to be uh, next to a huge building. Progress was taking place. <laughs> Let's just say that. How many of you have had progress take place and change your whole life? You know, progress does change things. And so, uh, you know, he had a solution. Well, God has a solution for us. When things are changing, when we're in a world that changes continually, and, uh, you know, I just will say this. I have to scroll a long way to get to my birth year now. You know what I mean on all the, all the technology? You know, when I want to make something, I have to put my birth date in. It's a long way down to where I don't even think about being my age till I have to scroll all the way past all those other ages. <laughs> but it doesn't change who you are in your heart. Once you know Jesus, you're going to live forever. That's what the Bible says. The flesh will die, but the, the, the spirit, the soul of the person will live forever. So we're forever young. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're forever young. <laughs> you know, you have a whole life to live in. Uh, we're going to talk today a little bit about uh, hope, but, but I want to give you today's scriptures that will help you, help you stay in hope. Um, this is what we talked about last week. If you could put Romans 15, 13 up in the Amplified, please. And uh, this is uh, a scripture that on July 10th in my Faith to Faith 
uh, devotional, I saw this. Um, and it, it says that hope is a divine dream. It's an inner image that's bigger than you are because it's built on the promises of God. Everybody say, praise the Lord. You know, um, that means that you've got to know the promises of God if your hope is going to be built on the promises of God. But your hope continues because you stay focused on the promises of God. And this is what it says in Romans 15. May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through your experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound and be overflowing. Now, the Amplified uses more words, bubbling over. Everybody say bubbling over. <laughs> bubbling over with hope. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know a lot of people who are bubbling over with hope. And yet, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen or not yet seen. You know, when God promises something, he's going to excuse me, fulfill that promise. Because it says God is not a liar. You know, uh, he does not lie. And so the promises that God has made you, uh, especially this month, I want to talk the next couple of weeks on dreams and visions. Um, I, because I believe a lot of people have had dreams um, way back there, and they've just been shut off. And last night as I was watching, I've been watching this week, Victory Leadership Conference in Tulsa. And um, it was Jensen Franklin, Stephen Furtick, T.D. Jakes, John Bevere. And last night, a Dr. Darius, and I can't remember his last name, but it's not somebody I ever heard of. But his message was so timely for people. And it was about people who have shut off their dreams, shut off visions. And I believe that hope has to stay firm for your dreams and visions to ever come to fruition. Martin Luther King said, I had a dream. You know, he had a dream. He, and he walked out what he saw. It took his life. But the Bible says that we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, and not loving our lives even unto death. You know, people leave that part off a lot. They just say, I overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. But don't make me suffer. Well, you have to get past that one too. You have to get past that one. God is the author and finisher of our faith, and he wants only good for us. But we have an adversary. It's the devil, and he's real, and he will come after everything that God has promised you. And so um, today's message, uh, we're going to talk about uh, here as in heaven. I asked John to sing that song this morning because uh, your residence has been established, and it's not the street you live on. Once you know Christ, it says you have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light of his son. In other words, you're positioned differently now so that you can obtain all the promises of God. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you'd put up Ephesians chapter 2, and uh, we're going to look at verses 4 through 10. It'll take us a minute to go through this. If you don't have your Bible, that's fine. We have the words up on the screen. Um, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, it says in Proverbs 13, 12. But when desire comes, it's the tree of life. 
And I've found with, in my life with the Lord that it takes longer sometimes for things to come to fruition that God has promised me. Um, you know, maybe longer than I would like them to, but for sure longer than I could help God make them come true. How many of you ever tried that one? I can help you with this. God, listen, it's been a while. And so, you know, I think I'll just, you know, give a little nudge here and there. How many of you ever tried to nudge something that won't move? Actually, it turns around and goes after you sometimes. And so uh, I've learned with God uh, patience last week. We talked about it is critical. But this for us, I believe, is the most important thing that we have to know about who we are and where we live. And it's a, it's a new way of living. It's not the way we live every day in the natural. It's the way we live every day spiritually that's going to determine where our hope is. And this is what it says. But God, who is rich in mercy. Everybody say, thank God. I mean, really, just say, thank God. I mean, he is rich in mercy. Because of his great love with which he loved us, that's why he's so merciful. Even when we were dead in trespasses, even when you were doing drugs, even when you were drunk in the street, even when you said things you shouldn't have said, even when you made mistakes, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Now, that's a good time to shout hallelujah. Really, seriously, at least for me. And raised us up. Everybody say raised us up. We are always supposed to be going higher and higher together and made us. Now, this is so cool to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I believe that's what's happening when I go down to the river uh, and I pray and I sit there in my car. I think I just get put up in that heavenly place. It's like Jesus got in the car. Hallelujah. I am so glad he decided to get in because he's the one that gives us the words that we need to cause our hope to come up. You know, I thank God for my husband. He, he's a wonderful encourager. I thank God for all you in this church that encourage and exhort me. But sometimes people don't do that. You may not have anybody that, you know, does that to you. But how many of you have just been right there? I mean, you are going up, up, and away, and somebody comes and says something, and you start back down again. You know, that's, that's where hopelessness begins to take a root. You have to stay seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus in your mind. It's in your spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in you. So positionally, you know, Christ is at the right hand of the Father. It says we're seated together with him in heavenly places. Now, I know this seems like a a hard revelation, but if you will get out of your, your natural doubt and unbelief, you will find this place. Okay, I'll just move on. And that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This has nothing to do with your actions. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Everybody say amen. Amen. Isn't God's word good? You know, if we just read that every morning over ourselves, I am created today for good works. 
And, and God has given me grace to do it. And it's not going to be by my might, not by my power, by my spirit. It's going to be by the spirit of God that rises up on the inside of me and takes me to those places. That's seated in heavenly places. You know, next week we're going to talk about not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And the last one is please stay seated. Boy, it's going to be a good one. You need to be here for that one. How many of you have ever been on an airplane? Yeah, well, fasten your seatbelt because God has great things for the people he loves. But we have to get in position. Everybody say in position. You got to get on board the plane. You cannot ride a plane if you don't get on the plane. Amen. You can have a ticket. You can be at the gate and they, and they say it's time to board. Well, if you don't get on, that plane is going to go without you. Amen. God doesn't want to go without you. But God moves forward. Everybody say forward. I heard something the other day. I can't repeat it. My husband could if he was up here, but I can't. But it was, it was very, uh, you know, it was very, people would get it if I said it. Don't let your past cause you to miss your future. Don't let your past cause you to, and he didn't say it like that. Uh, it was very, I understood it. And uh, so did everybody else, I think, that was listening. Okay, so Jesus is seated. It says in Hebrews 10, 13, would you put that up? He's seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father. You're seated with him, and he's sitting there. Uh, could you put 12 up too? I'm sorry, I forgot to say that. 12 and 13. It, this is from Hebrews. If you want to see uh, what you have in the New Covenant, read the books of Romans and Hebrews. But this man, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting. Everybody say he's waiting. waiting. Jesus is waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. Now you're seated there with him. Everybody say, I'm seated there with him. Because the Holy Spirit lives in you. The Holy Spirit will tell you everything you need to know. So you have a voice in you that causes you to be in this position all the time. Everybody say 24-7. Now, I know I'm, I'm preaching to myself too. I'm not there 24-7. But when I am there, it is such a blessing. Because the Holy Spirit knows what's coming. The Holy Spirit wants to help us. He's the helper. He's the teacher. He's the spirit of truth. And when the Holy Spirit is the one we're listening to, seated in heavenly places, then we begin to live a life that is full of hope. Full of hope. Because the Holy Spirit isn't saying tomorrow's really going to be bad. <laughs> Holy Spirit never says that. Because we have the victory. Everybody say, thank God for the victory. So the Holy Spirit is the encourager. He's the teacher. He tells the truth. And the Holy Spirit will keep us in a place where we don't need a human voice to tell us right from wrong. We have an inter internal voice. Amen. And then hope begins to rise up. Now, I want you to look at Psalm 8. And uh, I'm going to read this to you now. I'm reading through the Bible this year in this, in this particular translation. And uh, I want to read to you Psalm 8 because, now remember, we're seated in heavenly places. Everybody say, seated in heavenly places. Where is Jesus? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. I know they told you he will live in your heart. How many of you, when you were young, Jesus wants to come and live in your heart? 
Well, that's the Holy Spirit who lives in your heart. The third person of the Trinity, Jesus, is forever seated at the right hand of his Father. Okay? And so this is what it says in Psalm 8. Um, oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. That's why we're going from glory to glory. We're going up. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength, or the, another word for that is praise there if you read the translations, because of your enemies, to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have established, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you attend to him? In other words, why do you care about people? Why do you care about us? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. And then it says, and this is the part you need to highlight if you have your Bible. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands and you have put all things under his feet. Well, whose feet did we say just a minute ago? Everything's under Jesus. Well, if everything's under Jesus' feet and everything's under your feet, guess what? You're seated in heavenly places. Are you getting this today? Some of you need to put your foot on the devil and tell him, you are the footstool. You are under my feet. So when Jesus said, I have given you, I'm waiting here. Everybody say, he's waiting here. I'm waiting here till you make every one of my enemies my footstool. So who has, who has dominion over the devil? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because where you're seated and the fact that you're here and the fact that God loves you and he has saved you by grace and positioned you in this place for good works. Everybody say good works. How many of you know it's a good work to keep the devil under your feet? That is a good work. He, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. So I want to go back here. I want to read to you. This is a commentary by Kenneth Copeland. It says, Adam was given God's own authority over everything on the earth and then crowned with his glory. God did not create Adam and then appoint him as manager. He created Adam to rule a living, speaking spirit, just like the creator. He gave him dominion over the works of his hands and put all things under his feet. The word dominion in this verse is from the Hebrew word. That means to rule, to have dominion, governor, and have power. Now, when man bowed his knee to a fallen angel, Satan, he fell from his creation as a son of God to the level of the angels. Because it says here, we've been made a little lower than the angels. Well, that was before Jesus saved you. Because if you read Hebrews chapter 1, it says now the angels are your ministering spirits. Amen? Are you getting this today? I, I got myself happy learning this. Because, you know, we can say to you, you need to keep the devil under your feet. But, you know, that's nice and to say, but how many of you know that's a little harder to do? But it's hard to do because we're trying to do it with our works or our ability to know a lot. And that is no match for the enemy. There's one thing that's a match for the enemy. Well, several. We're going to talk about it. The name of Jesus. 
the blood of Jesus and the word of God, which is he was the word made flesh. Now, those things will work to stop addiction. I just want to throw that in today. Addiction is when the devil has, had, has given a lie to someone they believed and they no longer have hope that they can be free. They, their, 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 um, their ability to rise up above it cannot be done by man. It cannot be done by 12 steps. Now, I believe in that 12 steps program because at least it's a start. But you better know who is the higher power. And God is who he is, the creator of heaven and earth. But Jesus' blood is what gives the power. And that's the name that people like to kind of keep under wraps. We can talk about God, but we're not going to talk about Jesus. We are saved by grace because Jesus Christ went to, the, to Calvary. He died on that cross. He went to hell. He defeated the devil. And he resurrected, first, first human resurrected, went to heaven, sits at the right hand of God. And when you said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, you immediately were seated in the same place. And we're in that place to make his enemies his footstool. Everybody say, I have a job. And the way, you, the way you enforce that job is with the word, with the blood of Jesus. And he said, and I'm giving you my name. And demons tremble at this name. Amen? Because they know what that name did to them. Anyway, it's, it's exciting, isn't it? Hallelujah. I'll tell you, uh, say dominion. Now, you know, I, I know that we're in a position, it looks like in our world, uh, where it's getting worse and worse. The Bible says it will. So if you understand the word of God, this is nothing to get excited about or upset about or fearful about because we win. Turn your neighbor and say, we win. It's already been decided. It was decided at Calvary. When Jesus took his position, it was decided. Now, hopefully, we're fulfilling the role in that position that we have, which is to have dominion. Everybody say, have dominion. It says in uh, Genesis 1, and I don't think I had that up there for you to put up there, but it says he has created them male and female in his image. Everybody say, male, male. female, in his image. He has given them dominion over everything that creeps on the earth fish, all of the, all the wildlife, the, the earth, all those things. Yes, we're responsible to take care of it, but we take care of it for him. Amen. And when we take care of things for him, we are in a position of ruler. Everybody say ruler. Uh, I like that song, send revival, because it says, uh, send revival. And it says rain in us. And then it, it says, um, there's two different rains in that word. Rain on us and rain in us. Amen. Uh, we reign in this life. It's in Romans chapter 5 if you want to read it. We reign in this life. Now, dominion, uh, he's put all things under our feet. Um, I just would like to say this. In, in Matthew 6, 9, Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom 
thy will on as it is. Amen. Why did Jesus say pray that prayer? Because it's possible. Amen. He never tells us to do something that's not possible. And in John 14, when it says greater works will you do? He's saying this is not impossible. Because of where you're seated, greater works will you do than I did. Because he's defeated the devil. When Jesus walked the earth, the devil was not defeated yet. Jesus went to heaven. The devil's defeated. A different deal. Amen? He's been defeated. And so when you say dominion, God has put all things under our feet. Uh, dominion is supreme authority. Uh, a domain is a complete and absolute ownership of the land or territory over which dominion is exercised. Now, I'm going to give you four things. Everybody say four things. We have to get, been given to take dominion. Uh, Kelly talked about one of them this morning in Ephesians, but let's look at the first one, authority. Everybody say authority. In Luke 10, 19, everybody say this is the word. This is what it says. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you the authority. Everybody say the authority. To trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Why is that? Because you're seated in heavenly places. Because you're seated in heavenly places. In heavenly places, we'll talk about next week, but in heavenly places is where you hear the dreams. You see the things, the visions that God has. It's where you hear from God. And it's the place that keeps you in a position for those dreams to ultimately become fulfilled. I believe that there are so many things we're missing in the body of Christ. I heard the man say last night, you know, there's a lot of unfulfilled destinies and potential in a graveyard, not just tombstones. Lots. I don't want to be one of those. I don't want anybody in this church to be one of those. Something very important has been assigned to you for the kingdom of God. And when you benefit the kingdom of God, you benefit your own life. It just goes together. But you have to take dominion. Armor. Everybody say armor. You have authority. You have armor. That's been given to you. Uh, Kelly read it this morning in Ephesians 6, 11 through 13. Put on the whole armor of God. And if you read all that chapter, you can read all the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, you know, all these pieces that go to this armor, they're spiritual pieces that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And then verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. How many of you believe this is a good time to be standing? How many of you know it's a hard time to be standing? Uh, we see it every day, you know, uh, in our church. People calling for prayer. The, the enemies attack their body again in, in areas of sickness and disease. Or they have other things in their life financially. You know, they've lost their job suddenly. Uh, or or they're, they're so hooked on things 
that they feel like there's no hope anymore. Uh, we have people who've just come out of jail and, and they, don't, they, they feel like it's over because they have a felony. And it is true. It's difficult to get a job with a felony. But that doesn't mean it's impossible. When we begin to put ourselves where God puts us, we have authority. We have dominion. And we put on that armor of God and we see that it's not people that are our enemy. It's powers and principalities. And we take care of those by the blood of the lamb, by the name of Jesus, by the things and weaponry that God has given us to use against those, not against people. Power of attorney to use his name, Mark 16. Now, I'm a power of attorney for my mother, so I understand this fully now that I do this. Uh, if I sign her name on anything, it's done because I have power of attorney. I have a legal document that says I have the authority to sign anything and represent my mother in any way where I decide to do it. People use that for wrong, and they use it for good. We do have a name, the name of Jesus. Everybody say, the name of Jesus. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. Everybody say, in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. We believe that in this church. We pray in the Holy Ghost. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Now, if you've ever been overseas, this is very important scripture. Because you eat things that you're not sure what you just ate. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Hallelujah. I don't have, I, I know we don't all have full revelation of that right now, but I do it even though my believer might be this big because it says when you use your faith, all things are possible. God knows where I am. I pray for people until the last breath. If they're believing for healing, I'm with them. Amen? I know everybody's going to go to heaven one day, and if the rapture doesn't happen, we'll go that way. But that doesn't change the fact that the word says we lay hands on the sick, we cast out devils, we speak in new tongues, and when we pray for people, they will recover. Everybody say they will recover. We believe the word of God. We rule and reign on the earth, Revelations 5, 9 and 10. And uh, <clears throat> it says they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. This is about Jesus. For you were slain. You have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I didn't know that about you. I didn't know you were a king and a priest. That's what the word says. Everybody say, that's what the word says. If you know Jesus, you are a ruler. You rule in the kingdom that has to do with government, and you rule in the kingdom that has to do with the priesthood, both kingdoms. And we shall reign on the earth. Isn't that exciting? You know, I had somebody say to me last week after I, I preached, they, she said, I felt like the Lord was saying, they believe you can have that, but they don't believe they can. I sure hope I don't stand up here for 45 minutes and you all just believe that I'm talking about what I can have and you can't. Everybody say, that's not true. That is not true. Everything that's in this word belongs to all of us. I am here to exhort and edify, to build up, to correct, to, to, to show people that is not truth. That, that is a lie. Everybody say, that is a lie. 
Because many times in this church, I've had people say, well, that isn't what I was taught. Well, read the word. Everybody say, read the word. You know, I'm not here to debate what it says. I'm here to tell you what it says. And I'm here to show you what it's done in my life. After that, everybody's got to do this. Everybody's got to stay seated in heavenly places. I can't sit there for you. You know, there's not a seat there for your counselor. He lives in you. How many of you know that people go looking for a counselor? I'm not against counseling. I've counseled all my life. But I want to tell you, there's a point where your counselor's just rehearsing everything that's not right, and they haven't figured out what's right either. And that's not healthy. I don't let people tell me their problems for five, six, seven weeks in a row. They got 15 minutes to tell me the problem. (laughs) After that, we're going for the answer. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because backward never works. Backward never works. Rehearsing a problem makes it bigger every time. How many of you know every time you say it, you get a little madder? Blood pressure goes up just a little bit more. Going to have to take four pills today. I'm really on a roll. Woke up, woke up mad. Hallelujah. So everybody say, stay seated. You got to be in this position in order to put the enemies of Jesus under his feet. That's what he said. I didn't say that. That's in Hebrews 10. You can go home and read it. Right after that, he said, and where there is remission for sin, there's no need for anything else. I've already done it for you. So it's a new and living way. Everybody get ready. Get ready. Get ready. The enemy knows this. That's why he's tearing up our country. Now, this is what I heard. This is what we're going to pray for today. Hebrews 3, 7 through 10. The children of Israel were given dominion, total dominion. They were the tribe, the tribes, the 12 tribes. They were given uh, God's total support. I mean, he was for them. They were his nation. And, and he, he lifted them up above everybody else. Uh, and so when he did that, he said, I, now I didn't do this because you're mighty and you're strong. I did this just because I love you. In fact, you're the smallest uh, people group, but I just did this because I love you. And this is what I choose. You know, if God chooses, he wants to have his kingdom set up in Jerusalem. What business is that of yours or mine? Amen. We just need to get in agreement with God. People who pray for Israel will be blessed. Why? Because Israel belongs to God. I wouldn't mess with him. Because you don't win when you do that. And so anything in your life that you've been told to possess, God's made a way for you. The children of Israel didn't believe it, and they let go of the promise. They let go of it. And today we're going to talk about this because I believe that this is where people are that have let go of their hope. And this is what it says, therefore... As the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Everybody say, harden your hearts. As in the day of rebellion. That's what God called that, rebellion. Now, rebellion is the sin of witchcraft, which means right away the devil's involved. In the day of trial in the wilderness, that's was called the day of rebellion, rebellion, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for 40 years. I don't want to stay there that long. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said they always go astray. Everybody say astray. In their heart, and they have not known my ways. 
14 and 15 of that same chapter go on about this and say, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Which, while it is said today, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. In verse 19, it says, uh, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Um, unbelief doesn't just happen. It, it's, it's usually a disappointment, a circumstance, a situation where it didn't turn out the way we wanted it to turn out. And then we begin to get into doubt and unbelief. The end of doubt and unbelief is a hardened heart. A hardened heart gets to the place where because of circumstances and the, the lack of seeing uh, what God has promised come to pass in the time frame that we have felt it would, and that unbelief begins to take root, and it just gets bigger and bigger. Eventually, it's just hardened, like, I'm not going to think about that anymore because I don't want to cry. Now, I know men don't cry, but women do. And so, uh, uh, you know, real men cry. But, but um, yeah, that's true because everybody has emotions. And a hardened heart doesn't cry anymore. A hardened heart just has cut that thing off and with it all the hope that went with it. And if they don't have hope, how's their faith going to work? So now they're in a position where they cannot receive what they've been promised. Now, that doesn't mean that people are just hopeless in all situations, but in the thing that God spoke, in the thing that God said, this is your destiny, they, they just kind of hardened that part of it. Just, you know, have you ever heard that song, I surrender all, you know? <laughs> but then the, I, re, I sang that song for a long time. In the lyrics of the verse, it says, all but this little chamber of my heart. You know, there's one little place here that I'm not going to surrender. And when we get in that place and we get that hard heart, then nothing can propel us into any situation where we're going to have hope. Because the minute we start to feel it, we feel the pain that went with the disappointment. So we just stop. And we have hardened our heart. Every time we do it, the more we harden our heart. And we think, God's not going to do this for me. Uh, it says in Hebrews 4, 9 through 13, that we should not fall into the same pattern of unbelief. <laughs> it goes on and it tells us not to fall into the same pattern. Everybody say pattern. It, it just becomes what we do. Can you put that up for me, 9 through 13? Therefore, there remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. And that means us trying to make things happen ourselves. Let us therefore be diligent to enter into that same rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Now we got another word in there. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Everybody say, I need to guard my heart. The Bible says in Proverbs that out of your heart flow the issues of life. I want to pray for people today. Um, Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says, God does not change. 
He does not change. Uh, when he's speaking there, um, could you put that up? Because I probably am not saying it exactly fully. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed. <laughs> Isn't that nice? You know why you're not consumed? Because we read it at the very beginning. Because of his great mercy with which he loved us. Everybody say, thank God. <laughs> I'm not consumed. Now, this is the last time that the people will hear from God by a prophet or anybody until Jesus comes. It's the last book of the Old Covenant. There will be a 400-year silence. The children of Israel only had 40 years. This is a 400-year silence. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. That would be the 12 tribes. Yet from the days of your father, you have gone away from my ordinances, and you have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? He goes on there, talks about in tithes and offerings. Why does he talk about money? Because it has to do with trust. Not because God needs your money. It has to do with trust. And so when you get out of this position of living in a heavenly place, thinking the way God thinks, knowing the word of God, using the name of Jesus, taking your dominion, you're putting yourself in a place where you're separating yourself from what God has promised to give you. You're not separating from him because you'll... He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. But you're separating from the promises that have to do with your destiny, which we said at the beginning, I have a purpose. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. I'm going to pray for you this morning. I believe there's many people here this morning that have, um, maybe you've known the Lord, but you've walked away um, due to circumstances and situations that have happened in your life. But that will only, uh, holding on to those things, staying in that unbelief and letting it turn into a hardened heart will only take you further away from the promise. Everybody say, I don't want to live there. I don't want to live there. Sometimes the, the coming back is painful. Everybody say painful. Because you have to walk back through that place that you cut off, you know. And in that place, you're probably going to have to deal with yourself more than other people. <laughs> At least, I believe that all of us, God wants to tell us the things that have caused us to get ourselves in a position of doubt and unbelief. You know, what did we do? Where did, where did the enemy do it to us? How did he get there? Um, you know, when I'm, I'm thinking about things and praying about people in the church, um, Thank God he told me, just ask to see people through my eyes. Don't look at them the way you look at them. Because uh, God looks at the heart of people. And he knows when hearts have been hardened. He knows when things have happened. But it doesn't change the fact that the word is truth. And he does not change. And faith is what moves the hand of God. So when you're stuck in those places, you have to say, I'm coming out of here. No matter how painful it is, I am going out of here. And believe me, I know that pain. But you know, once you walk out, it, out of it with God, it's, you remember it, but you don't have that pain. Everybody say, thank God. It's the pain that causes people to go back.
Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person here today. Now, God is going to do a work in people's lives today that will just say, it's me. It's me. I need help. I need help. I want out of this place. I am stuck in this place. And maybe you've known Jesus, but you you walked away due to these kind of things. Today's your day to come back. If you're here and you've never received Jesus, then you're in the darkness. And you may, you may be wondering, why does everything always go wrong? There, it's because the enemy is there to kill, steal, and destroy, to stop the plan of God for you to know him, to walk with him, to have the victory in life that you need. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, or you, you know about him maybe, but you don't have a relationship, or you're here today and you walked away, I want you to raise your hand right now. We're going to pray for you. And God is going to restore the joy of your salvation. He is going to bring life to you if you've never known it. But he will restore what has been stolen in walking away from him. Is there anybody here today? Anybody here today? Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to wait a minute because sometimes it takes a while for people to want to raise their hand. But eternity is nothing to mess around with. We need to know where we're going. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say this. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Because of the blood, I am saved. Because of the blood, I am free from the works of the enemy. I walk with authority and dominion no weapon formed against me will prosper the bible says i have inherited that right to say that because of the blood of jesus the name of jesus and the word of god amen now if you're here today and you have a you know that this word is for you that your heart has a hardened place you know we can pretend like it's not there but I'm praying for the conviction of the Holy Spirit today because you need to let your hope rise up again. Next week, we're going to talk about not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. From, you know, you, you can't soar till you let go of whatever's holding you to the ground. God wants to take you up. If that's you, just lift your hand right now. We're going to pray for you. Yeah, I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? over here heart and heart over here yeah just keep them up believers open your eyes and look around and once you put your hands on these people right now you have authority and dominion is there somebody in your section that's got their hand up is there somebody around you now don't miss this opportunity to get your hand up because it doesn't matter what other people think what matters is God has sent an anointing in here today to heal that part of your body, heal that part of your mind, heal that part of your heart to bring life there again. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we take authority today over the lies of the devil. In Jesus' name, we call life into that deadened part of their heart. In Jesus' name, we call life back in the name of Jesus, that there would be a resurrection today of hope, a resurrection of hope, a resurrection of the life that God put in them in that place when he spoke what he spoke to them 
in that place, in that heavenly place, what he said, he still means. And I thank you, Father, that you have not changed, that you know, you see them right now where they are. And in the name of Jesus, we bind every lie, every work of the devil that has come to steal, to kill, and destroy this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, I hear these words, but I've waited forever. I've just waited forever, so I give up. I believe there's somebody in here that's thinking that right now. I've waited forever, and I just give up. You know, you don't need to pray for me because I already gave up. I want to tell you today, God hadn't given up. He has not given up on that thing. There are so many things that the body of Christ has the potential to fulfill. And it's, they're not being fulfilled. And the world needs us. Turn to your neighbor and say, the world needs us. The world needs what the Holy Spirit wants to flow through us. It's time for us to take that position and be seated in heavenly places. Amen. Everybody say this. I am seated, I am seated. in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I have an assignment. It is to make Jesus' enemies his footstool. I do that by making my enemies my footstool. In Jesus' name, I take my authority. I take my assignment today. And I go forward learning the word, using the name, using the blood, and enforcing the devil's defeat in my life, my family's life, my friend's life, my co-worker's life, anybody God puts in my path, I will declare the truth of the word over their life. I will not speak things that do not edify or edify or build up. I will speak life, life of the word of God by my testimony and not loving my life, even unto death, I will fulfill every dream, every vision that God has put in my heart by the grace of God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, give him praise today. Amen. Go and bless somebody this week, okay? Find a person and bless them.